This is the Teaching and Learning Podcast from the Center for Teaching, Learning and Innovation at Lethbridge College in Southern Alberta, Canada. Located on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy, it is the intent of our college community to honor the land from a place of connection and provide an avenue for us all to come together in a holistic way to share stories and learn from each other. Tune in, hit play, and get inspired as guests share their stories and ideas on the dynamic, ever-changing landscape of education, teaching, and learning. I am Donna McLaughlin, a learning experience designer in the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Innovation at Lethbridge College, and I am the host of the Teaching and Learning Podcast. Welcome to Episode 1 of the Teaching and Learning Podcast. Today's guest is Erin Howard. Hi, Erin. Hi, Donna. Thanks for having me. Erin is from Southern Alberta, and she has a very diverse CV. She started at CTLI uh, approximately eight years ago, and she is now the Associate Dean of CTLI. She's in charge of many people and many teams, and she has a Master of Education in Educational Technology. I first worked with you um, probably about four years ago now on a competency-based education project, and that was uh, a really fun project to work on, and I learned lots working with you. Um, So fun. Yes, it was great. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, Yeah, so I moved to to Lethbridge uh, about 2003 to go to university and just ended up staying. So uh, I was a high school teacher previous to this, and my um, career path just kind of went in a few different directions and then landed me here at the college, which is great. I'm so happy um, to be here, and I didn't know when I first started teaching that there was jobs like this available in education um, and in higher ed that were uh, so neat. So I'm really enjoying working for CTLI. I know that uh, flexible learning is something that um, is quite important to you. Can you talk a little bit about um, how you define flexible learning and and why is that important to you? Yeah, um, actually my first job here at the college was as the flexible learning coordinator. So that's probably where some of the passion came from. Um, I think people think of flexible learning as just being online or technology enhanced, but there's so much more to it. It really is about uh, student engagement as well. Um, I think the other reason I'm so passionate about it is that I really valued it as a learner myself. When I went to university, my kids were quite small. They were two and four years old. And so uh, I was juggling a lot, right? They had their school and I had um, teaching practicums and all of my learning, so I really valued the opportunity for when my teachers provided uh, flexible learning opportunities that really recognized my experience and my needs as a learner and gave options for education. Thank you. Um, I think many learners can relate exactly to that, whether they have jobs or they have family or other types of responsibility and commitment. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the world is a busy place. And yeah, people are juggling a lot. So anytime we can appeal to what will work for them in their lives is is what we need to do. Okay. So can you talk a bit about um, how CTLI is supporting 
flexible learning for students and instructors as well. Yeah, I think really first and foremost is we always think of those adult learning principles. We recognize that our students, they're all very diverse and they have different experiences as an adult that they'll bring with them to their, to their education. They might have jobs and families. They might be from um, different countries and cultures. And so um, anytime we can really think about how we would engage our students in learning in a way that is meaningful to them, I think that's really what's at the heart of, of flexible learning. In what ways has CTLI supported instructors in, in the flexible learning? So I think one of the ways that we really approach things, so when we're designing courses and when we're designing curriculum, we always think of the learner at the heart of everything. So uh, we put everything through a human-centered design lens. And our department has a lot of um, different I guess, opportunities and products that we put out. So we uh, have a lot on the student side, so student workshops. Uh, we work with um, academic supports for students and supports for students with disabilities and um, as well as testing. But then on the instructor side, we do a lot with curriculum and teacher development and um, producing different courses and learning opportunities. So irregardless of anything we create at NCTLI, we're always thinking of that learner at the heart of things and um, just really practicing empathy and creativity and and fun in everything that we do. And that really is at the heart of, of human-centered design is, is that empathy and, and uh, the creativity. So Erin, we've talked about um, CTLI and human-centered design and flexible learning. Um, now, I'd like to go on and talk a little bit about technology. I know you have a Master of Education in Educational Technology, and technology has, is playing a big role currently during the pandemic. Can you talk about how CTLI is addressing some of the challenges of COVID, um, maybe, uh, you know, related to technology? Yeah, they, there has actually been a lot of really exciting things that we've started to do and I know it's been you know the pandemic has really been a stressful time and we had to make a really quick transition to help all of our instructors get their materials online and to really rethink how they were going to teach in a different way um, so it, it brought it brought some stresses but it also did bring some neat opportunities so we're, we've used technology in different ways Right now, I'm sitting, and Donna as well, we're sitting in our teaching studios. So um, they're all set up for instructors to walk in and to record lectures. They have something where they can show, if they had an artifact, they could put it underneath um, a projector. And then uh, they can flip to the whiteboard and to a camera of them speaking. And so we've really, we've set up some technology enabled spaces where they can just walk in and everything is taken care of for them. Um, for the students, we've started to um, take a look at different ways that we can deliver the same uh, caliber of hands-on training. So one of our team members last week showed how he was using 3D digital modeling um, on an object that students would usually be able to handle in their hands. 
and um, they can rotate it and look at it in different ways. Um, so yeah, we've had to use technology to really rethink a lot of the ways that we approach our, our learning. Thank you. I know my husband teaches a class here at the college and he uses the studios to teach his class and he really finds that uh, really valuable to just be able to walk in, not have to worry about the technology and be able to just focus on delivering his content. Yeah, yeah, we have a great team here and you know, I think they have really we, everyone's really come together to try to provide really good solutions. Even when it comes to um, training and orienting our new instructors, we've included, we've rethought how we do their PD and we've redesigned everything. So it's not just about delivering your lesson in a classroom. It's about how do you now use Zoom? How can you use polls in your class and how, um, how can you engage your learners in different ways? So there's a lot to think about, um, but a lot of things to experiment with and have a lot of fun with too. It seems like a big focus of CTLI's work has been to, to address the, the technology challenges so that the instructors can get back to what the instructors do best and really get on with the, the teaching and learning and, and the technology, while it's amazing, can kind of take a second place so that they can, can do their teaching. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, another thing we've done is we created a website and we, we really put a rush on it. We were going to make it anyways, but we thought we need to get this up and going. So we have a website, learninginnovation.ca, where we have put a lot of really quick and easy tools up there. So our team has contributed. We've had instructors and other contributors, and we have one pagers and blog posts and a lot of things where um, they can just be helpful in the moment. So we had to take a look at what do they need now and what can we get up there uh, quickly to help them exactly what you said, do what they do best. The website looks amazing. Uh, every time I go, I see something new on the website and um, there, there are so many one-pagers, the, the sharing and the ideas that have come forward and that are on the website are just fantastic resources for instructors and, and students as well. Yeah, I have been so excited about the website. And I think what I love most is, um, you're right, there's a student uh, resources, teacher resources, but everyone in CDLI has, have been contributors. So all of our departments are contributing. Our web team is fantastic. Uh, we even had some guest contributors. So it's really, it's coming from everyone and everyone's come together to provide this, um, this resource that we're hoping um, instructors are really using and valuing. And yeah, we're really excited, excited about it. So we've been sharing it as far and wide as we can. Can you talk about one of the uh, toolkits or one of the one-pagers that's on the website that you think, um, that you particularly like? Yeah, uh, one that I've been sharing a lot is, um, there's one about seven tips for online learner time management, which I think could be useful for instructors or students, right? Uh, instructors could post it in their, in their Canvas course as well. Uh, it's just helping our learners um, plan ahead and focus and set up their office space and make sure they're in a distraction-free environment and kind of thinking about how to manage that school life balance. So 
I mean, it, it probably would only take a couple minutes to read, but it's something that's really useful um, and really helpful to the uh, context that we're in right now. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, small investment of time, but could save a lot more time for students. Another um, idea that has been coming forward lately is micro-credentials. Can you talk about a little bit about micro-credentials? Yeah, micro-credentials have definitely been uh, a hot topic, I guess you could say, in, um, in the province and in Canada and around the world. So micro-credentials really allow learners to um, expand their skill set or to learn something new in a really bite-sized format. So in just a few hours, they're able to uh, complete a small course. Usually it's an online course um, where they can move through and then a lot of times they'll achieve a badge or something that they can show at the end of it. And I think this really, this strategy is really important when we know that the uh, economy and career choices are always in flux and they're always changing. And so for people to know that they can go back and get these bite-sized pieces um, of education and to be able to upskill and reskill really quickly, um, and then to demonstrate directly to their employers what they've had to do to achieve those micro-credentials and badges, um, yeah, it makes it a really desirable way uh, to do education. And that really kind of goes back to the flexible learning and the human-centered design, doesn't it? In offering people something that works for their current situation, their career, their lifestyle. Absolutely. Yep. You could be doing a micro-credential in your evenings. You could, um, yeah, they're really, they're small, they're digestible, and they get to the point and they're stackable in different ways and they offer different flexible pathways. And I really think this is um, this is something that we're going to move towards in the future. Can you also talk about um, some of the micro-credentials that are available should someone be interested uh, in taking micro-credentials? Yeah, we're offering three free micro-credentials right now, and we have a lot more in the works. Um, so if you're on our website, which is www.learninginnovation.ca, uh, you'll see right on the homepage that we have uh, a micro-credential in universal design for learning, uh, one in an introduction to course design, and another that's an introduction to competency-based education. So they're all really short courses. You know, they focus around one competency or outcome, and um, I think they're really useful for anyone that's in education or um, working with students. I know myself, I've taken the Universal Design for Learning micro-credential, and I thought it was excellent. It was very engaging, and, um, you know, the information was available in bite-sized chunks, and uh, I got a lot out of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's really important to think of how to approach all of our learners. <laughs> Again, it goes back to that flexible learning, right? And um, practicing UDL or Universal Design is something that benefits everyone. So Erin, I'd like to talk about a project that I know you and I are both very passionate about. And recently this project has gotten a lot of attention. It's called the Lethbridge College Core Competencies. And uh, can you talk about, um, tell a little bit about what the Lethbridge College Core Competencies are? 
Yeah, so the Lethbridge College Student Core Competencies Project has been just so exciting. I think the best part about this project is that there's so many people involved. We have staff and students and instructors and uh, our, even our advisory council and employers. They're all interested in this project. So it's been going on for a couple of years. It's very kind of grassroots and everyone owns this project and everyone feels passionately and finds value in this project. So uh, what the core competencies do is they really allow students to show the types of things that they're building in addition to their diploma or certificate or degree, but what other kind of skills are they building? So things like innovation and communication, critical thinking, these are the things that employers tell us time and time again are so important to the success of someone in the workforce. So we wanted to find a system or a way that we could get students to be able to um, show these uh, experiences and how they're gaining them in, in their college experience. Erin, what are some ways that a student could earn some of the core competencies and the badges? Yeah, so we have three levels. For each of the seven competencies, we have three levels that they can achieve. So there's the involved, the engaged, and the leading level. So at the involved level, it's pretty basic for all of the seven competencies. There's some online modules that have you know videos and readings and different things that they can work through. They do a short quiz at the end, and then that's it. They have their involved uh, badge at that level. And so they can do that for all of the seven competencies. At the higher level, so at the engaged and the leading levels, um, there are a couple of both in-class and out-of-class options. So an instructor might pull it into their class. So for example, a communication badge, they could award that for maybe a presentation or an assignment where they're having to really demonstrate those communication skills in different ways. Um, another way that they could do it is they could submit it to a Dropbox so they can submit an example for consideration to a Dropbox and then a multidisciplinary team would review it and then decide based on the criteria if the student met that competency at uh, engaged or leading level. So an example of that might be say I'm on a basketball team and I have, you know, maybe a leadership role in that basketball team. I want, I might want to put in consideration for a teamwork and collaboration badge. So a student could achieve some or all of the core competencies either through their regular classes that they have, um, either by their instructor having a module or if they have a project they feel would be eligible or outside of class if they're working on something special. Whatever they, um, you know, if they set a goal to achieve them all, they have a variety of ways that they can do that. Right, yeah, we have a lot of work integrated learning and practicum and um, volunteer opportunities and student government. There's so many ways. It just <laughs> comes back to flexible learning. There, there are multiple and endless pathways that they can um, show that they've met these competencies. The criteria is the same, but the way that they get there, um, there's a lot of possibility. 
And if someone wants to know more about the core competencies, whether it's an employer or a student, what is, where is the best place for them to go to find out more about the core competencies? We have them linked right off of our website, so offlearninginnovation.ca. There's a big kind of wheel at the top where you'll see the student core competencies. That's another thing I think I loved about this project is we put a lot of thought into our branding and into our um, visuals for the project. We worked really closely with a lot of different instructors and departments, and we worked with Indigenous services. And we wanted to make sure that um, the visuals with the project spoke to all of our students and were reflective and meaningful and had a bit of a narrative. So it's definitely something, if you haven't checked it out, you should go check it out. Um, we're very proud of it. We think it'll be good for, for our students. The visuals are absolutely beautiful, and um, I, I want them on a T-shirt. They, they really reflect southern alberta and the community here and the community at the college um yes they're mm -hmm. really fantastic yeah yeah they were hand hand drawn and then we have some animation with them as well so uh, yeah it's something we've been excited about i think employers will be excited about this too um so students can put those so once they get a badge um, they can put that in their social media so they could put it on facebook or linkedin or twitter and um, those badges carry metadata with them. So if the employer clicks on that, they'll see exactly what a student had to do to achieve that badge. And at the higher levels, there's a bit more rigor around it. So, you know, we might have students that are involved with student government or on sports teams, or they might have volunteer opportunities, or they might have an instructor that builds it into, say, a classroom presentation that would help them with their communication. Um, there's a lot of different ways that students can achieve this. And just to be clear, um, does this cost anything for students if they want to work their way through the core competencies? <laughs> no, I, it's totally free. And I think the thing is, it's something they've always been doing. They've always, we all know that a college education is about so much more than just the curriculum of their course. There's a lot to be gained in the um, in the social spaces and um, in the many experiences that they they can take on. So we just wanted to give them a tool that they can really show. And sometimes students don't realize what they're gaining, and they don't kind of put those together. We had one student who was working in our our sphere, which is our health simulation area, and until her instructor sat down with her and said, "Look, you're a leader, and this is the core competency." Um, and you're meeting all of these criteria. She didn't really know that or have that confidence. And now she's going out in looking for a job, knowing that, you know, she's really a leader in a lot of those areas. So the core competencies really give a common language for students and instructors and employers so that they can be talking about those skills that they have gained uh, in addition to what they've gained through their courses. Yeah, I'd say... It's it's something that's important to all employers, and that's where we got this light bulb moment. Was sitting down in those advisory meetings where they would, you know, they'd have all their advisory groups in, and they'd tell us what's new in the field, and they'd say, "We really like to hire Lethbridge College graduates," and 
um, these are some competencies that we really need when, and it's, this is what we're looking for when we're hiring. We're looking for them to have, you know, strong um, personal development and problem solving skills. And so that was a um, big light bulb moment. Uh, resilience, that's another big one. So. Well, it's such a, an exciting project, and uh, it's been great to work on that project with you. And it will be ongoing, you know, as we, uh, as students continue at the college, letting them know about the core competencies and 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 instructors as well. And and uh, it's just such an amazing project. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Donna. I'm excited. Um, stay tuned. I think there's going to be we're going to do a lot of videos and case studies and mini docs showing how this is actually playing out. Um, with our students so stay tuned to the website and I can't wait to see some of those uh, stories unfold. Okay so to wrap up our podcast today Erin we have a recommendation so I'm going to give a recommendation and then I'm going to invite you to uh, provide a recommendation and really it's pretty open-ended so um Little known fact about Erin and I is um, I'm involved in dog dancing and competing with my dog. And Erin <laughs> has actually coached me in that. Erin <laughs> has a big dance background and she's a fantastic coach. And so it's I out there now. Yeah, it's out there now. <laughs> and uh, I was watching on Netflix last night. We are champions dog dancing. Even if you're not into dog dancing, it's just entertaining. And right now, I think we all just need to watch stuff that's just entertaining and, you know, lets us take our minds off uh, the day-to-day. Totally. If if you want, like, a gentle introduction to dog dancing, I love that one that's Greece, uh, from Greece, the musical. That's pretty great. But, yeah, um, so... It, there's a lot that goes with that, Donna. You gotta give yourself some credit. There's like the dog training, the rhythm, the music, the crowds. There's a lot to think about when you're dog dancing. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Somewhat like doing a podcast in three different rooms and uh, <laughs> over Zoom. Right. So is that your recommendation that, that for is, Netflix? That is, yep, that is my recommendation. So now I'll invite you to share yours. Um, okay, so I've gotten on a kick with this uh, design podcast lately. Uh, it's called 99% Invisible. And it's, I really like design, you know, blogs and, and podcasts to begin with. But this one is all about the thought that goes into things that people never think about. And just kind of um, the design choices that are in the background of everyday things. So it's going to sound funny, but the last episode was about, you know, that little piece of paper that goes in the airline pouch that says all the emergency stuff that they ask you to follow along and you kind of zone out and don't follow along. So that information sheet has evolved a lot throughout the years. So they were just talking about, yeah, something totally regular and mundane, but they make it so interesting. So yeah, 99% invisible. Oh, check it out. Yeah, I have to check that out for sure. Right. It's, yeah, human-centered design is at the heart of that one too. Erin, thank you for being the guest on our very first podcast episode. <laughs> thanks. It was really fun. I'm honored that you picked me for your first guest. So thanks. You're welcome. It was great. For more information on this week's guest or about CTLI, see the episode notes or visit 
www.learninginnovation.ca. Thank you to CTLI for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you to Ryan Robinson for his wizardry in technology and making this all possible. Thanks to Mike Smith, Jude Bialik, and Joel Godfrey for their contributions to the podcast. Most of all, thank you for listening. Talk to you again soon on the Teaching and Learning Podcast. Be well.